J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 120 The Widow's Offering Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4 And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her poverty has cast in all the living that she had. We learn for one thing from these verses, how keenly our Lord Jesus Christ observed the things that are done upon earth. We read that he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in two mites. We might well suppose that our Lord's mind at this season would have been wholly occupied with the things immediately before him, his betrayal, his unjust judgment, his cross, his passion, his death, were all close at hand, and he knew it. The approaching destruction of the temple, the scattering of the Jews, the long period of time before his second coming, were all things which were spread before his mind like a picture. It was but a few moments ago he spoke of them, and yet, at a time like this, we find him taking note of all that is going on around him. He thinks it not beneath him to observe the conduct of a certain poor widow. Let us remember that the Lord Jesus never changes. The thing that we read of in the passage before us is the thing that is going on all over the world. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Proverbs 15 verse 3 Nothing is too little to escape his observation. No act is too trifling to be noted down in the book of his remembrance. The same hand that formed the sun, moon, and stars was the hand that formed the tongue of the gnat and the wing of the fly with perfect wisdom. The same eye that sees the council chambers of kings and emperors is the eye that notices all that goes on in the laborer's cottage. All things are naked and opened to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 He measures littleness and greatness by a very different measure from the measure of man. Events in our own daily life, to which we attach no importance, are often very solemn and serious matters in Christ's sight. Actions and deeds in the weekly history of a poor man, which the great of this world think trivial and contemptible, are often registered as weighty and important in Christ's books. He lives who marked the gift of one poor widow as attentively as the gifts of many rich men. Let the poor believer take comfort in this mighty truth. Let him remember daily that his Master in heaven takes account of everything that is done on earth, and that the lives of poor cottagers are noticed by him as much as the lives of kings. The pious acts of a poor believer have as much dignity about them as the acts of a prince. 
the small contributions to the gospel which the laborer makes out of his scanty earnings are as much valued in God's sight as a $10,000 check from a noble. To know this thoroughly is one great secret of contentment. To feel that Christ looks at what a man is and not at what a man has will help to preserve us from envious and murmuring thoughts. Happy is he who has learned to say with David, I am poor and needy, but the Lord thinks upon me. Psalm 40, verse 17. We learn for another thing from these verses who they are whom Christ reckons most liberal in giving money to gospel purposes. We read that he said of the poor widow who cast two mites into the treasury, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. These words teach us that Christ looks at something more than the mere amount of men's gifts in measuring their liberality. He looks at the proportion which their gifts bear to their property. He looks at the degree of self-denial which their giving entails upon them. He would have us know that some people appear to give much to religious purposes who, in God's sight, give very little, and that some appear to give very little who, in God's sight, give very much. <clears throat> The subject before us is particularly heart-searching. On no point, perhaps, do professing Christians come short so much as in the matter of giving money to God's cause. Thousands, it may be feared, know nothing whatever of giving as a Christian duty. The little giving that there is is confined entirely to a select few in the churches. Even among those who give, it may be boldly asserted that the poor generally give far more in proportion to their means than the rich. These are plain facts which cannot be denied. The experience of all who collect for Christian charities will testify that they are correct and true. Let us judge ourselves in this matter of giving, that we may not be judged and condemned at the great day. Let it be a settled principle with us to watch against stinginess and whatever else we do with our money to give regularly and habitually to the cause of God. Let us remember that although Christ's work does not depend on our money, yet Christ is pleased to test the reality of our faith by allowing us to help him. If we cannot find it in our hearts to give anything to Christ's cause, then we may well doubt the reality of our faith and charity. Let us recollect that our use of the money God has given us will have to be accounted for at the last day. The judge of all will be he who noticed the widow's might. Our incomes and expenditures will be brought to light before an assembled world. If we prove in that day to have been rich toward ourselves, but poor toward God, then it would be better for us if we'd never been born. Not least, let us look around the world 
and ask, where are the men who were ever ruined by liberal giving to godly purposes, and who ever found himself really poorer by lending to the Lord? We shall find that the words of Solomon are strictly true. There is one that scatters and yet increases, and there is one that withholds more than is fit, and it tends to poverty. Proverbs 11, verse 24. Finally, let us pray for rich men who as yet know nothing of the luxury of giving, that their riches may not be their ruin. Hundreds of gospel movements are standing still continually for lack of funds. Great and effectual doors are open to the Church of Christ for doing good all over the world, but for lack of money, few can be sent to enter in by them. Let us pray for the Holy Spirit to come down on all our congregations and to teach all our worshippers what to do with their money. Of all people on earth, none ought to be such liberal givers as Christians. All that they have, they owe to the free gift of God. Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Gospel, the Bible, the means of grace, the hope of glory— all are undeserved, incomparable gifts, which millions of heathen never heard of. The possessors of such gifts ought surely to be ready to distribute and willing to give. A giving Savior ought to have giving disciples. Freely ye have received, freely we ought to give. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 18 Matthew chapter 10 verse 8